Well, thank you. Father, thank you. We are just grateful because we can't exhaust all that Christ has done for us. Oh, oh, our heart is filled with joy. Thank you, Daddy, for a new reality. Thank you because the old man was parted with. Because Christ hung on the tree and died for us. I worship your name. I worship your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm free forever. I'm free forever. I'm God's free man. Hallelujah. I'm free forever. The Bible says, let him that glorieth, glorieth indeed, that he understandeth and knoweth me. Hallelujah. Glory because of a privilege of knowing you. Oh, my heart is filled with gratitude. Oh, my heart is filled with gratitude. The word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9, that I may choose in generation a real priesthood, God's own person, that I may show forth the praise of him who has called me out of darkness. I show forth your praise. I speak of your praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now we're still going to continue our discussion on the wisdom of God and our glorification. How <laughs> God has come to decorate our life because of the death of His Son. Oh, it's not what we can exhaust. Each time I come to reflect on this, I can't but to speak like the apostles. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has begotten us into a livelihood by the resurrection. So the resurrection is something. The death is something. In fact, when I was studying the scriptures, I found out there was nothing that was a waste about the death of Christ. Come to think of it. His beatings, the beatings on his, on his body. The Bible says brought forth our healing. By his stripes we became healed. His death on the cross is something. What does that mean to us? Jesus Christ said, this is my body. That was broken for you. That was broken. So the body that died was the breaking of the body of Christ. It was broken for us. That we become partaker of that body. That we may be engrafted into that body. Hallelujah forevermore. Hallelujah forevermore. No one could have thought about these means as the means that will give humanity freedom forever. You know, my grandma told us a story about how she struggled with Abiku when she keeps. She, she, she kept giving birth, those children were dying. Then at a particular time, she had to go see an abalist, if I'm not wrong in the narration. But I know that, according to a narration, some of the abalists had to tell her to go do some rituals, which involved going to a crossroad, which the Yoruba calls Orita Meta, and to make sacrifices. In fact, she told us one of those days, she had to bathe with the blood of an animal. 
Now that is the wisdom of the world. That is the wisdom of the rulers of the world. They believe in cultism. They believe in fascism. They believe in satanism. They believe in means and medium. And by those means and medium, they believe they can be free from the charcoals and pains. But Christ came and told us, nobody can cast out Bezebub with Bezebub. Nobody can be free through the means the devil provides. But God loving man so much, God so loved man, he wants to make man to be freed. And he wouldn't want to ride on the wings of internet. He wouldn't want to ride on the wings of government and politics. He wouldn't want to ride on the means of entertainment. He would have made Jesus Christ to be an athlete that would come and participate in sporting activities and became a debut such that everybody admire and acknowledge him. And on that stadium, he will declare, I have come to show you that there's an intelligence God that could make you excel. He would have made Christ a philosopher. Jesus would have been a philosopher. You would have come in the class of Socrates, Plato's, Aristotle's, Sophies, Descartes, and all of the philosophers. But the problem of the human race is not the problem of the intellects. Man believed that one of the ways to get free or to be free or to rise from from grass to grace or from grass to stardom is to be able to display intellectual capacity. But God's means to free mankind from the shackles and pains and depression of darkness. To free man from depression, to free man from oppression, to free man from confusion, to free man from the power of sin is not the intellect. It's not in government. No, if it had been government, Jesus Christ would have been another model of Alexander the Great. He would have been another Pilate. You would have been another warrior king. But that's not the way of freedom. So Paul said, now we now speak this wisdom of God. This wisdom of God is not in might. It's not in military powers. Jesus Christ would have been a soldier and would have risen high in Iraq such that he conquers the kingdom of his days. He would have been bettered in the, in, in, in the home of, of dignity such like uh, so, such like the pharaohs, such like the, the heralds, such like the pilots. But he came as a mild king of a carpenter to an orphan mother, Mary. But in that little boy, born in a manger, is the wisdom of God. So the life of Christ epitomizes and expresses God's wisdom. And what is the wisdom of God? I will not explain by my own words. I would explain by the letter of Apostle Paul. If time will permit me, I'm going to examine the reading of scriptures from the New King James Versions, and we're going to examine it from the NIV to get a contemporary feel of what God has done and why we call it wisdom. Now, let's first question this. What is wisdom? Wisdom is a system or a style of doing things. So when we speak about the wisdom of God, we talk about how God has chosen to do some things. 
Especially what God had been able to do to put away sin in the world. What is God's mechanism? What has God devised to put away sin? That reminds me of a portion of scriptures. Let's read that first. That's not the main scripture, but the Holy Ghost has brought it up. And whenever there's a toast of scripture in my spirit like that, I like seeing it. I read it from Romans chapter 8. There's something I want to show you. I want to show you the fact that Christ came not to heal our bodies. Christ came not to give us a good job. Christ came not to give you that your desired position in your office. If you think that's why Christ came, you are on your own. You have not stepped into the faith that is in the Son of God. Christ came on the account of sin. And he for sin destroyed sin in the body of flesh. He gave us dominion. That reminds me of another scripture in Romans chapter 5. Apostle Paul wrote that Christ came, he died to give us dominion over sin. This had not been accomplished by any figure ever in the world. But by the death of Christ, oh glory be to God, glory be to God in the highest. We are able to attain redemption. We are able to attain freedom. We are able to enter into the court of God. We are adopted into the family of God. Glory be to God for this accomplishment. And all this is expressed than one single word. We call it the wisdom of God. Now let me please let you see that portion of scriptures in Romans chapter 8. You want to see the purpose of Jesus' life. What is Jesus' purpose? What has it come to do? And you know, I want to keep our eyes on the big picture. I call it the big picture in one of my latest write-ups. It is the big picture. Our eyes must be on this goal. Until we see it, we will deviate. We'll be carried away by the noise, by the crowd, by the, by, by the paparazzis, by the gimmicks, by the enjoyment, and by the flow of the spirit. But we miss the purpose. As we begin to celebrate God, as we worship God, as we seek to know Him, as we study our Bible, as we become active in our church activities, as we become active and devoted in our various units, in our various denominations, our eyes must be on this objective. Christ destroyed sin. That is a fact. You have got to let the Holy Ghost make it an experience. Now, why is it a fact? Christ died for me on the cross so that I can be free. Salvation, freedom from sin, freedom, freedom from depression is attained through the name of Jesus Christ. That is a fact. I come into that fact when I accept this offering and I confess Jesus Christ really to be the substitute. But then there is a place of the Holy Ghost coming into my life. Now, when the Holy Ghost comes, Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost makes this reality my experience such that I can work, I can exact the power of Christ over sin in my own life such that I can live in the midst of sin and not be contaminated by sin. Now, we cannot do this because of what Christ... No, what Christ had done on the cross is a fact. It's an historical truth. The Holy Ghost comes into it to make that historical truth to be our own personal experience. Christ overcome death. He overcome sicknesses. He overcome pains. These are historical truths. These are eternal truths. But for me to explain... To enter into this experience, I need the Holy Ghost to activate this. And that is why the Holy Ghost comes. It brings heaven into our heart, meaning it makes us to enter the real experience of what Christ had done. Now, I read from Romans chapter 8, verse 3. 
Okay, let me read from verse 1. Let's enjoy the word of God. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Everything is in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In other words, you can be in Christ and you're walking according to the flesh. Walking according to your instinct. You may walk. Mm, Apostle Paul said, these things I've taught you. He said, I've taught you this is so that your wisdom will not be built on you're sorry, so that your faith will not be built on the wisdom of men. In other words, we can have faith in the Son of God, but what our faith is based on is on the wisdom of men. In how men have been doing this, in how in what men had said about Christ, but we have not actually had a personal encounter, a personal link, an experiential exposure into the reality of Christ. Now let me explain. He said, I have taught you this mistress, so that your wisdom your way of doing things, the way you deal with the Son of Man of, of, of God, will not be based on the wisdom of men. What is the wisdom of men? The way things are doing, uh, so the way men are doing things. It is pathetic today that all what some people know about Christ is all what their pastors are told them. No personal encounter. They cannot express scriptures from the depths of God's intention apart from what your pastors explain the scriptures to me but you are the one cheating yourself everything you have got to know in christ has been made available in christ so for you to actually activate things that are in christ you must not just come into christ you have to find them out and pray that the holy ghost activate them that is you make them your own personal experience now I read on verse 3 for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God, is, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin God sent Christ why? on account of sin God sent Christ not for your Ferrari God sent Christ not even for your healing primarily not even for your material well-being. The apostle Paul said that he came on one account, on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In other words, God knew that the problem of mankind is nothing but sin. So when he sent Christ to die for us, Christ came to die on the account because if sin is taken out of the way, we will be able to enter everything God had in mind. You know, other words or another way to explain that is the fact that the only barricade the only problem the only reason man could not enter into god's provision which in a way we can call god's rex god's intention for man is sin and christ came to tackle the problem of sin such that when the problem of sin is taken away we are able to enter god's intention and when this problem is taken away and we by the Holy Ghost can see the reality then our knowledge can be first for Christ so the wisdom of God what is it I read from 1st Corinthians chapter 2 I will read from verse 6 Apostle Paul wrote I hope it will speak wisdom. Hmm. 
reason we speak the way of doing things we speak a system of operation we administrate a style a pattern an administration of doing things among those who are mature this thing is only conveyed to those who understand certain stuffs a baby in Christ may not fast from it it takes people not who are not people who are intellectually matured. It is people who are spiritually inclined, who are educated. In other words, we can be learned so that we can be exposed. We can we, we, we can be so much inclined, so much oriented, so much enlightened in the things of God. And there are two ways. Number one, by the revelation of the Holy Ghost, and number two, by learning teachings. Maybe in the next episode, I shall take a look at those things Christ had done for us. We speak the wisdom among the mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in the midst of other words, another nature of that wisdom. That wisdom assumes permanence. That wisdom is eternity, takes on the nature of God Himself. It does not fade. For instance, once upon a time, the major means of getting across to somebody far away is to telegram or the telly's form of communication or through phone calls, telephone. But now we can communicate through various media, such as the chat media. Which are church medias, we can choose to call. And some other forms. The knowledge of the world keeps improving. It keeps changing form. It keeps it keeps appreciating. But God's wisdom was revealed in his form. It does not grow, it does not reduce in quality, it remains like the Son of God Himself, unchangeable in nature. And what is the wisdom of God? You see, what made Apostle Paul to come to know Christ is what made you come to know Christ. How Apostle Paul came to know Christ is the same way you came to know Christ. There had not been any modification ever since Christ I died in knowing Christ than what we have now. For Peter to come into Christ, he had to believe him as a son of God. For Paul to be saved and be filled with the Holy Ghost, he has to believe that Jesus is the son of God. That standard has not changed. That shows the permanence of God's reason. And anything that is reliable the most is that which does not change form of value or does not change requirements. And that's the nature of the wisdom of God. Paul said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Another thing that interests me is that that wisdom is for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now look at that scripture. It seems to be redeeming or it seems to be, to be cunning. This glory, this wisdom we spoke about, is such a unique wisdom that people out there don't know about it. The unbelievers, the rulers of this world. In primary, 
Apostle Paul he meant the, 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 the Roman government and the armies if they have known that there is a wisdom. And what is that wisdom? That wisdom is that by the death of Christ, man will obtain freedom forever. And not just that, that this wisdom is ordained for our glorification. That is, if they had known that there is something called resurrection, that it is possible that you kill a person and the power of God comes to that person to bring that person out of his death state to live again, they wouldn't have killed Jesus Christ in the first place. Why? Because they would have thought, what is the essence of killing this man? If after a few days or after a few moments is going to be brought back to life they never knew there is a resurrection power but we have come to know that there is a resurrection power because this is no longer a mystery it has become our own reality oh glory be to God in the highest I'm glad this is my reality I know there is a power that can quicken my mortal body it can connect my deformed body with my spirit man at the appearing of Christ but people in the world never knew and that's why they are scared of death we are never scared of death we are not ready to die now but whenever it shows up we are not scared of it because we have gotten a victory over death and that victory is hidden in the wisdom of God now what is the wisdom of God Apostle Paul told us in the last episode I told you that the wisdom of God is what God sought to or is is what God sought to achieve and what eventually achieved by the death of Christ. So you can say the wisdom of God is the power that the death and the resurrection of Christ brought about on the part of mankind. You can say it is the death of Christ. That's the wisdom of God. And what is it about actually? About the death actually is the fact that by the death of Christ, man attained freedom. How can you fathom that? God put freedom in death. Is that not wise? God would have raised philosophers. And I'm going to show you a scripture more. And that's where I'm going to round off in this episode. But I want to see that there is something we have got in Christ that people in the world have not got. It is not that we blast in tongues. It's not that our life is different. not because we are free from sin alone. Thank God we are free from sin forevermore. Thank God we have health in Christ forevermore. Thank God because we have peace in God in Christ forevermore. Thank because we are special people. We have new state. We have new position. We are co-laborers with, with God. What an opportunity. We are co-builders with God. We are building a project with God. We are God works man, work, work man. We are God craftsman. We are God employers. Bless God. But beyond this, there is a glory that shall be revealed. Hmm, that reminds me of scriptures again. In first John chapter 3, Apostle John talk about this glory. He said, We do not know what shall become of us. We know when it's revealed, we shall be like king. That is the glory. Romans chapter 8 expressed that glory. Paul the apostle says that the whole world groans waiting for the manifestation of the glory. What is the glory of God? The power of resurrection that is made available as a result of Christ's death and resurrection. It's not just made available by, as a result of the death. It was demonstrated in the resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah. So the wisdom of Christ... Or the wisdom of God is that God had put man's liberty. God had put man freedom forever in the death of his own. And anybody that wants to get, you see, the means to getting things done is not going to seek mediums and means. You don't need a babalawo to help you. You don't need, you know, you so much believing up. You know, one of the things that make Christianity to be distinct from every other religion, go and ask 
every or go and inquire into every other religion. There is no religion that prays based on any promise of any deity. When they pray, their prayer goes in this form. Oh dear God, think of this sun that has risen today. And think of this wind that is blowing here right away and have mercy upon us. But when we come to God, we say we come in the name of your son, Jesus. In other words, we come because of the inheritance, that son. Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ has assumed that position of exaltation by inheritance. It is his own by inheritance. Because those things belong to the Father. And what belongs to the Father belongs to the Son. So Christ did not come into that Position by chance, he came into it because all things belong to God. One of the scriptures that caused me uh, to, 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 to wonder is that found in Psalm 20, 20, 20, 24, verse 1. It tells us the estimate of who Christ is. The Bible says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and everything that is in it. What does that mean? That tells us the value of this Christ. That Christ, and the Bible says that Christ is the heir of all things. So what, how do we balance that scripture? If the earth is the Lord and the fullness, the Bible meant to tell us that the earth as an expanse is not just the Lord. The resources in it is the Lord. Not just the resources, even the human resources, the human media belongs to God. And the Bible says that this Jesus Christ became the owner of all this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what we call the wisdom. And this Jesus Christ was made sin on the account of sin. That anybody who comes to acknowledge him as the Lord became free forever. That is the wisdom of God. What is the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God to free man from sin, to free man from bondage, is put in simple death. But let Apostle Paul explain to us. But before we see what the Apostle Paul explains, I still want you to understand that the rulers of this age never knew. Apostle Paul said, if they had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. What does that mean? They wouldn't have crucified the one that had the resurrection power. Have you forgotten what Jesus Christ told Mary and Martha? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. That was the revelation. It's not, it was not just a statement. How come if the Pharisees understood, because they were there when Jesus Christ told Mary and Martha, it was the resurrection and the life. They never understood what it meant. If they understood what it meant and they, they actually knew the implication that he is the resurrection and the life. Even if the Roman government was the one planning to crucify him, they would have advised the Roman government against Jesus because they would know that he will not die. How can you kill the resurrection? That's the wisdom of God. That by the weak things, which is the death of Christ, it seems Christ was overcome. Those Roman soldiers and Pilate and Herod and all those religious leaders and their scribes and the Greeks that have heard about Jesus Christ, that day they heard that Jesus Christ was hung on the tree. They felt that man was overcome. They felt that they triumphed over him. They rejoiced and mocked him that they've seen the end of their enemy. But what they called the end was the beginning of another reality for the new creature. Oh, hallelujah. That blows me away. Oh, hallelujah. So we have the power of resurrection. 
And we are not going to have it. We have it now. That's the power that quickens us. It's by that power we come to know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we don't just walk with this power. This same power is the one that will cause us to live in the world to come. But now let's understand what Apostle Paul meant by the wisdom of God. He explains. And I want him to explain by himself. So it won't be as though hey, this guy is just reading the scriptures and trying to explain his own, in his own opinion. Now let's turn back to the same First Corinthians chapter 1 now. Now we are going to read from... Hallelujah. We are going to read from verse... It's, no, let's start from verse 20. From 20, we're going to read to 29. We are looking for the wisdom of God. <laughs> Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Paul is doing a contrast between the wisdom of this world, the people that we identified with in the first century were the Greeks who are the wise. They are the intellectual. The proselytes. Uh, the proselytes. These are the intellectuals who study their scholars. Um, how do I equate them? They, they, they are scholars. They, 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 they write theses. They write books. They compile materials and they discuss their wisdom. They are great writers. The important look the wisdom of God is not in books, so it's not in intellect. It's not. It's not found in the wisdom of the Greeks. It's not found in the culture of the Romans. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Those who are good, but they are not. God never used any of this to give us victory. Nobody gained freedom from sin by listening or reading Plato. Nobody received deliverance from oppression of the devil. By reading Aristotle, too. Nobody eh, can be free from the harassment of darkness by studying Socrates. And these are wise guys. They were those guys who pioneered the Western cultural and form system of education. The education you brag about today. We are pioneered, we are founded, had a foundation in the Greek culture, in the Greek wisdom. Paul said that none of this wisdom matters to God. God had his own system. God's system is not to actually increase the knowledge of man, but actually to improve his spiritual states. Such that man comes into harmony with him. Man became one with him. Now let me read it. 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has God not made fully the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. He placed God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Let me, let me really explain that scripture. Apostle Paul yet made us to understand that the intellectual wisdom, the philosophical wisdom, the psychological wisdom, the, med- the, 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 the wisdom in the medical science, the wisdom in the education, the, the accounting wisdom, the mathematical wisdom, the, the scientific and technological wisdom that, the, that had brought the world to this state we saw. The Bible told us that they are the expression of God's wisdom. Paul said, by wisdom. Those are wisdom. But through this wisdom, God felt man will find it. But it took man farther away from God. And since God's goal is to bring man into union with him, God had to devise. Now, not a scheme placed on intellect. 
Now, not a scheme placed on politics and governance. Now, not a scheme placed on administration and management sciences. Not a scheme placed in sociology or philosophy or psychology or in medicine or in kinetic engineering or in, in any form of sciences you could think about. In fact, this wisdom is not a science. Though you can call it a system, a technology. This wisdom is placed in a person. And that person is Christ. Let's read on. Verse 22. For the Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, Christ, the anointed, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. So here Apostle Paul explains to us what the wisdom of God is. What is the wisdom of God? Apostle Paul said, Christ, the wisdom of God. And the knowledge of God. Well, let me explain scriptures. When Paul said that Christ is the wisdom of God. Made Jesus Christ become the wisdom of God. As a person. But by implication. That wisdom is spread through his death. Christ is the wisdom of God. Simply means that. Through the death of Christ. Because if Christ as a person had been the wisdom of God. He should have just come. Performed miracles. And then heal the blind. Um, cast out demons. Feed the hungry multitude. Then come to Galilee. Speak to the disciples. And then ascend into heaven. But if that had been the case. We never receive redemption. We would just see another man who came. Perform miracles and walked into heaven. But where the wisdom actually lies is the fact that it lies in the death. But Christ became the figure. So when Paul said Christ the wisdom, Christ the wisdom of God, he meant that Christ became the figure of wisdom. And that wisdom actually is in his death. In the fact that he died. Okay now, let's read them. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. For you see, your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, nor many mighty, not many, not many nobles are called. But God has stood in the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. So, in other words, the wisdom of God is foolishness. To the world now, how is the wisdom of God foolishness to the world? It is foolishness to the world because it does not make a sense that one dies and one dies for all, it doesn't make any sense. And that's why you see, an unbelievers or people of the other religion they will claim that Jesus Christ, if at all he died, he died for himself, he never died for them because they were not there. That's the claim, so it does not make sense, it does not, it's not logical. Philosophy, you know, in, in philosophy, when we come to argue. We subject that argument to logic. We subject it to reasoning. And anything we cannot justify by reasoning and by the theories of the fundamentalists, we say it is not correct. 
So based on the theory of philosophy, Jesus' death does not make any sense. But yet, Paul said that it is God's style, God's wisdom of bringing those who would be enlightened to seeds. Hallelujah. I read on. Now, verse 28. And the best things, the common things, the most stupid things, the most illogical thing, the, 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 the more common death, thousands of criminals, had died on the cross of the Romans. Do you know where Christ was crucified? Golgotha. It's called a place of skull. And historically, we are made to understand that that place is, 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 is a site located in an observable or admirable place of the city. That it, anybody that is coming either from the north, from the east, from the west, they come to that center. That place becomes a kind of a crossroad, a center. It becomes a center of attraction. And there, criminals are killed, are given capital punishment. So others can learn from that capital punishment and change from their evil ways. So it's a place of skull. Thousands of people have died there. So Jesus Christ became a probably not say a victim. One of those criminals. He went there like a criminal, but he rose up like a victor. And he won victory for the human say, for the human race. That's reason. How can what I become a shameful thing became a thing of glory? In the first century, nobody wants to identify with the cross of the Roman. But now everybody wants to identify with the cross of Christ. That is the wisdom of God. How the, the cross of Christ became prominent? Through the ridiculous, through the barbaric, through the terrible, through the, through the dangerous cross of the Rome, God obtained redemption for mankind. That is wisdom. Nobody would have thought that the cross where criminal died with the cross where the Savior will receive mankind to God. That's wisdom. That is wisdom. And God intends that by this wisdom mankind will come to Him. But the Bible says because man had discovered philosophy, man had discovered physics, man had discovered chemistry, man had discovered medicine, Man has discovered psychology. Man has discovered education. They have not come to know this wisdom. How come you mention Jesus Christ in the face of atomic bomb? Jesus and atomic bomb, which is greater. A logical man will tell you, when you see an atomic bomb, an atomic bomb is more real or is realer than Jesus. But that's the lie. The Bible told us faith in the Son of God is a substance. What is a substance? A substance is a tangible thing. That is, that is foolishness. It does not make sense. But this is where our power lies. And Paul said, this Jesus Christ, if you come to believe it, he became the power of God for you. Hallelujah. Let me read through this quote, then we round off. And the best things of the world, and the things which are despised God has chosen, and the things which are not to bring to nothing, the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him, but of him, <laughs> glory to God, but of him, of who? Of God, but of God you are in Jesus Christ. Through God we came to Christ. And through Christ we came to God. And Jesus Christ explained this clearly in Matthew chapter 11. That nobody knows the Father except uh, the Son. And nobody knows the Son except the Father. And nobody can know the Father except the Son reveals Him. So Apostle Paul 
expenses they say is that through God we have come to know Christ and through Christ we have not to come to know God his word actually reason verse 13 but of him of God you are in Christ of God we came into Christ God becomes the doorway into Christ and Christ becomes the doorway into God hallelujah glory to God now what is about this Jesus Christ the last statement is this Jesus became for us wisdom from God. What is that wisdom? That wisdom is the righteousness we receive by his death. That wisdom is the sanctification we receive by his death. That wisdom is that we are redeemed. So who became for us wisdom? From God. And righteousness. And sanctification and redemption that as it is written, he will glories in this, he will glories, let him glory in the Lord. We have to glory in the Lord, he will take a, a brag, he will want to worship God, he will want to flaunt about the split of cars. He wants to 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 brag about his chain of businesses, brag about his his investment. Should know that there is something far more than those things, and that is Christ, who is the basis of everything we enjoyed in God. There is nothing more substantial, more real. Oh, Rabandos to the Helen Asha, as Christ Himself is. He became the substance of all things. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith in the Lord Jesus, faith in Christ, became the substance of things we hope for. Whatever you may ever design your life, whether it's affluence, whether it's wealth, whether it's position, if Christ becomes the basis of it. You may attain it, but the core is not those states, they are side attraction. So I want us to bless God. The word of the Lord admonishes us here that whoever we glory should glory in this. Glory what? Glory in the redemption, glory in the glory, glory in the beauty, glory in the salvation, glory in the deliverance, glory in the peace we receive as the result of the death of Christ. So Father, we bless your holy name. Father, we appreciate you because of what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. We are reinstated in God. Hallelujah. We are given victory over death. Hey, victory over sin. Thank you because we are free forever. We are God's free man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for redemption. Oh, thank you, Father. Jesus Christ has become our wisdom. Unto the Greeks, the wise, the intellectuals. Oh, unto the logicers. Unto, unto the people who are wise, who are cunning. Oh, Randa Basitaya, who are large in their scheme of influence. Who are large in all the facets of the life. It is, it is foolishness, but it became our wisdom. It means by which I receive peace. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Men think that by studying all the historical books, 
by studying philosophical, philosophical books, they can be wiser, they can be smarter, they can be moralist, they can be free from the freightiness and from the flaw of men and for the flexibility of humanity. But none of these philosophy, psychology, medicine does not make one free. The name of Jesus Christ makes one free from all these forevermore. And we appreciate that by the simple death of Christ, without any other ritual, we are made free forever. The Bible talks about the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. This is the faith delivered unto the saints. And we appreciate God for it. For this, 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 this that is committed to us, it is delivered to us. We receive it, we appreciate it. We never make it come. We never take it lightly. Thank you, Father. We are filled with gratitude. In Jesus' mighty name, we have given praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sanda Kirabos, keep her up.